wasted life. Seems like a typical case. I thumbed through the file as I had so many others, reading but not really absorbing the information. Kind of like a newspaper story you aren't really interested in. By typical, I meant the usual suspects for pre-adolescent misbehavior that resulted in being sent here. Abusive father, absent mother, no real friends to speak of, etc. I'd seen it all so many times before, it was as numbing as a report of mass death in China. I'd still like you to talk with her. She deserves at least that from us. The plea was from coming from my younger, more idealistic boss. No longer wet behind the ears, but still naive enough to think we made a difference in people's lives. All right, I'll see her in room four in ten minutes. It had all come, become so routine that even feigning the required compassion that had become a chore. It wasn't the kids' fault. They didn't ask to be abandoned, abused, introduced to drugs, whatever else life gave them that caused to act out and be assigned to the illustrious Oakfield Youth Academy. It is on paper a privately run facility, and according to the brochure, the children were smiling and laughing and engaged in such activities as basketball and swimming. In reality, it has received so many state grants and extensions to stay open and accept overflow from Juvenile Hall, it's closer to finishing school for career criminals. Why do I still work here, you may ask? Yeah, almost 20 years in. I have no other skills to speak of, and to be honest, after the DUI, I was the only place willing to even let me walk in the door. Thank you, Judge Spry, for that little string pull. I wasn't always this cynical about the kids here. For a year or so, I thought as my young supervisor did, we could change lives, make a difference, blah, blah, blah. But as I came to see more and more of what was truly happening, not just with the kids, but with the ever-changing administration, the new governor every few years, I just stopped giving a shit. I know, I know, that does the kids a great disservice, and we're the last line of defense for them, and we are a rehabilitation facility, after all. <clears throat> Doesn't change my opinion. Shit, I had a hard life, too. Daddy drank, mom did drugs, brother in and out of jail, sister left when I was eight to try and make a better life for herself. I didn't go to any facility for the troubled youth, as they like to call it. I made do with what I had, and I tried to keep going like everybody else. But I grabbed the young girl's file and walked down the hall to room four. I opened the door with double locks, in case they try to escape. Classy, right? And sat down at the desk with a single chair on the other side. Complete with hooks in the floor for the leg irons the kids came into the room with. I opened the file and again skimmed through it like I was actually paying attention as she was escorted in. Slowly, of course, as leg chains don't allow for quick movement by design. I barely looked up at her from the file I was pretending to read and made a mental note to myself. Nothing out of the ordinary. A typical girl, abused by everyone she had ever known. She had hair that looked as though it had been long at one point, but due to practicality and, let's be honest, for the purposes of self-defense, had been chopped off to a bob. She had no fingernails to speak of. Not in the typical female sense, anyway. One could have easily mistaken her hands for that of a youth on a farm, accustomed to hard work without gloves. She carried herself with an air of... not quite confidence, so much as, if you attack me, I know I can kill you, type attitude. I had the guard remove her chains and leg irons, another cute idea from my boss. If you speak to them like people, they'll act like people, he once told me. 
Yeah, right. I wonder if I should tell him about the kid who once drowned his bunkmate in their shared toilet for snoring too loud. Treat him like a person and see what happens. I had also read somewhere in one of the new training manuals, if you take their handcuffs and leg shackles off, they feel more comfortable with you and you're more likely to talk. Whatever. I have a bottle of scotch in my apartment calling my name when I'm done here. After she had sufficiently adjusted herself, I looked at her. Well, through her is more like it. Hope she couldn't tell. And asked her how she was doing today. Taking the cuffs off me to make me feel comfortable, huh? Had she read the manual too? We here at Oakfield Youth Academy feel it helps everyone feel at ease if we are at the same level. I had practiced that bullshit line in the mirror multiple times to remove any hint of insincerity. I hope she bought it. Well, she said, that makes me feel all warm and fucking fuzzy inside, us being on the same level. She used her fingers to make that quotation sign for that last bit of the sentence. I had to suppress a half-smile. I began my usual spiel about why she felt she was brought here and what she hoped to accomplish and all the other bullshit I had been trained to say 40 times a month to get my quasi-government check. She looked at me after my speech had been given with all its usual flair, or lack thereof. She simply said, Last night I fucked your mother and shit in her face after doing it. Now at this point, I would usually close the folder, tell the child in question, thank you for your time, and wish you luck here in all your future endeavors, and then I'll go home and drink until I forgot how to stay awake. But, for some reason, I didn't do that. I did close the folder, but I just looked at her. Eyes half closed, head slightly cocked, lips pursed together, and simply said, So what the fuck do you want then? She was obviously taken aback by such candor from someone in my position. And for a second, she said nothing. An understandable reaction, of course, and as such, I let it sink in before I probed further. You go around stealing, fighting, doing drugs, whatever you can, according to your file I barely read, all in a faint attempt to either subvert authority and or get attention from anyone you can. Before you judge me too harshly for expounding my views upon an innocent young girl, this had been brewing in my head for some time, and I suppose her blatant response as to my mother's Sexual escapades had set me off. You think you can figure me out by reading a file and seeing me for the first time and think you have my entire life story figured out? You didn't even bother to tell me your faggot-ass name or pretend to give a shit about mine. People like you are just as bad as the cop who, instead of taking me to jail, pulls over behind a building and says if I give him a blowjob, he'll let me go. Wow, I hadn't had an ass chewing like that since high school when I locked a teacher in the closet. And from a 14-year-old girl, no less. Well, that's how I started. My name is Frank, and I can see your name is Natalie, or by the tattoo on your neck, Mad Dog. Which do you prefer? I was impressed with myself. I had almost mustered up the desire to truly give a shit about what I was saying. You can call me whatever you want, asshole. I don't give a shit about you, about this place, or anyone else here. None of you give a shit about me or what happens to me, so all of you can go get fucked. She stood up and gave me both fingers at this point, to which the guard responded by having both hands on her shoulders before I had even registered the words fully in my brain. I waved him off and didn't even stifle the half-grin this time. I was beginning to like this girl. Despite the obscene gesture and mention of my mother's sex life. Okay, I'll level with you. I hate this job. I don't truly give a shit about you. 
and in 20 minutes I'll be so far in a bottle of booze I won't even remember driving to work this morning. So I ask again, what the fuck do you want? She stopped, leaned back, and seemed to relax a bit. I want to be left the fuck alone. I want everyone to stop poking and prodding and asking me why and how come and all the other bullshit they ask. Tired of being passed around from place to place like I'm a goddamn houseplant that just won't grow right. I want to be left alone and just go on about my life. I couldn't argue with her. Could not do it. I hadn't heard such candor from anyone in a long time. Not since my mother telling me the only reason I was born was because she spent the money for my abortion on coke. So where do we go from here, Natalie? What am I supposed to write in your file before I pass you along to the next institution? What is the big breakthrough we have together made here today that will give me a brownie points in my file and a passing glance in yours? She looked at me with sad, knowing eyes and said what was probably the most honest and open thing she has ever said or would say to anyone. I do what I can to go to jail or juvie or whatever because I learned from a hard way. I learned the hard way from an early age that the only way I will get a guaranteed meal and a place to stay, even if I have to fight when I get there, I know I'll have three hots and a cot. I honestly had nothing else to say from such an honest, yet once innocent source. It's nothing personal, she said calmly. What's not, I asked. I had barely finished my sentence when a fist from a right hand landed so perfectly on my temple I don't even remember falling from my chair. It was an hour later, I was told, before I was lucid enough to stand on my own without help. What the hell happened? The standard question when coming out of a fog. She hit you on the side of the head and then tried to stomp in your chest while you were down. The voice was that of my young boss. You could hear the disappointment in his voice, but still had a twinge of hope for the girl and people like her. Wow, I don't remember anything after telling her... Her telling me it wasn't anything personal. It wasn't personal? It pretty damn personal to me. Even more crazy is that she was about to be released. All she had to do was keep her nose clean another week and she could go back to her parents.